media content, this whole game, this whole racket is a lot easier than it seems in, in the digital content world, whether you're doing audio, video, blog, whatever, whatever efforts you're undertaking to support your business online done is a lot better than perfect. Are you starting a small business or buying an existing business? This podcast, Small Business Startup School, shares perspectives using the psychology of retail and financial awareness, all with a reasonable dose of optimism. The show promises to give startup solopreneurs insightful strategies and practical solutions that support the mindset to execute business projects. My name is Ola Williams, your host on the show. I encourage you to join us to learn with positivity and great exchange of ideas. Hi, everybody. My guest today is Colin Alexander. Colin started Conduit Voice Media because he believes in the power of storytelling. With decades of experience in digital media landscape, his team is dedicated to bringing a business brand story to life. From the bustling streets of Halifax to the serene landscapes of Atlantic Canada, Colin and his team have helped businesses connect with their audience through compelling audio and video content. Their mission is to create, engage, and connect people all over the digital world. Welcome to the show, Colin. Well, thank you so much for having me this morning. Right. So great to have you here. So first of all, Colin, I would like you to explain the whole concept of voice media. What does it mean? It's a great question. So when I started this company, Conduit Voice Media, the idea was that I wanted to help Nova Scotia. I wanted to help Nova Scotian business owners tell their story in their voice. And it was something that I had noticed just growing up watching TV and noticing, you know, the, the advertisements and the awareness pieces that spoke to me and the ones that didn't. And the ones that always spoke to me were, they were always from the perspective of the business or the operation. And maybe it was the owner operator or one of their key staff members delivering the message. Those were the messages that I listened to. And that was what I, I tried to channel when I started this business. And so the whole concept, so to speak, of voice media is really distilling and articulating your voice into some media format, whether that be audio, video, or even text. So it has to do with connecting, right? Like the person telling the story or using the voice must be able to engage with people. So I hear you say that the ones that connected with you were the ones that were told by the business owner or the employee. So I sense some originality there, like, so that comes through the voice, right? Mm -hmm. So what has been your experience? So you would you say one could connect with audience without a video contact, just voice? Certainly, certainly. And I think, well, heck, you and I are kind of in the process of doing that right now. And we're seeing 
and have seen over the course of the last 12 or 13 years, a, a large uptick in specifically audio content. We see this within audio books. And I'm not sure if, uh, if you're a fan, but uh, myself, my wife and many others, that's how we engage with literature more often than not now is through, through the use of audiobooks, And it's wonderful. And podcasting businesses, organizations, not-for-profits, social enterprises are turning to podcasting to get their message out, to get their voice out. And the reality is most people feel a lot more comfortable sitting in front of a microphone than they do sitting in front of a camera. And so they have a much more time being a much easier time, I should say, being their authentic selves. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm a perfect example. I do that as well. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, the, what, so because our audience are small business owners, so why should somebody listening to the show today and thinking, why should they care about this? How does it impact their businesses? Yeah, you know? and I always love the bottom line conversation. And the reality is, I mean, there's a few different ways that we can look at it. The easiest, and the, the most organic or the most wholesome way I, I like to think of is that when, you, when you're a small business owner or when you have a small business, you have a pretty heavy communications need, right? You're, you're, you're connecting with potential clients, active clients, past clients all the time. Like it's, it's, it's very, very much a, a daily task that you have to undergo. With things like podcasting, there are certain elements to that communications piece that you can somewhat remove from your day-to-day because you have a recording of you saying something about a thing. And so what we see happening more and more and more is businesses are engaging in, in podcasts. They're being invited to be guests. They are starting podcasts. And what they're doing is they're using this as their, well, essentially as their digital content base. And so, and we hear this all the time, and I'm sure all of you out there in small business land have been like, you got to rock social media. You got to have content. Podcasting is one of the best ways to get authentic, organic, and truthful content, truthful to, to your meaning, to your word, to your why. And it's a great way to do that with virtually no barrier to entry. All you need is a microphone and a computer. Chances are you might already have those two things sitting on your desk right now. Right. And so, so really the short answer is how does it impact small businesses? It helps us get our messages out there more consistently and in a way that many of the online audience are engaging with through the use of digital content like podcasting or video. So if I were a small business owner, for example, and I'm listening to this show right now, and I don't like the idea of podcasting, mm-hmm. how can I, how can I use the concept of voice media to, you know, promote my business? Great question. Something that I saw recently, and I really, really liked this. It spoke to me on a few different levels. I was on a website reading a blog, an industry blog, kind of walking me through uh, some some steps of some advanced tasks. Yeah. I noticed that they had included a voice recording with 
the blog. So similar to, to that of an audio book, but for, from the perspective of somebody who doesn't want to be on camera or somebody who doesn't want to have their face attached to whatever's happening or, or, or whatever it is that they're saying, this is a really, really good way for them to say, okay, well, I can still be a little bit behind the scenes, but we're still connecting with, with, with that human element. I'm not just getting you to read the page and then hopefully you learn something and then move off. And then maybe you'll come back to me when you need a help, when you need a hand with something and we'll do some business. Right. The idea is that they're connecting with your voice. You're, you're telling them this information. Yeah. yeah. And now when they have a phone call with you and they call up and they say, Hey, Colin, yeah, I was, I was on your website. I saw your blog. You were talking about this. I'm really, really interested. I'd like to know more. The voice that is, that is responding to them is the same voice that they heard on the website telling them about the thing. And right. that helps us build trust so much faster. I agree. It helped, you know, I am a fan of audio book as well. I, I am on Audible, so yes. I read books, yeah. And, and then I, I connect with, especially when the authors are reading the books themselves. And then I, I connect with the authors that way and... Sometimes I watch them maybe on YouTube and I'm like, okay, I feel some, even though I haven't met them before, I, I feel the message is authentic. So I really, really agree with that. And to be honest, that's how I started my, I developed my podcast as well, because I, I started out blogging on my business website and my husband told me one day he would prefer to read the audio version of his blogs because he's always very busy. Mm -hmm. And he said he would like to, maybe when he's coming back from work, he would like to just, you know, listen to the audio. So I started kind of like, like audio blog, like just reading verbatim what I put in the blog. And then I started developing it that way. So I can resonate very well with what you're saying. So, you know, the topic, by the way, guys, is, Using voice media to, you know, leveraging it to connect with your customers. So, so Colin, what do you, if I came to you today to say, oh, Colin, I want you to help me, you to help me with my business. So I will be the one. So does it have to be my voice, right? To be able to make it authentic. So what would your company do? Is there, you know, I just wanted to get those dynamics. So is there something you would do that would make my voice start, sound better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. And I've always found, it's funny, and this is true in every industry, you have the people who are so incredibly knowledgeable about the thing, but my gosh, they don't know how to talk to people. You know, they're very, they're technical or they're, you know, they're very, they're very deep into the you know, into the world or to their, to their sphere. And it can be tough for them to connect outside of. So one of the things that we do when we're working with uh, clients on, on podcasting is there's a little bit of coaching involved. You know, what, what I prefer to do and, and I appreciate, you know, that we meet on online a lot and we meet on zoom and things like that. And that's wonderful. But ideally when we're doing our first few podcast recording sessions, we're together. We're in the room together. You can see me, hear me, feel me and vice versa. And what we do is just a couple of few like quick recordings. We kind of get rolling on a topic and I, I, I kind of get a sense of how it goes and I'm listening back to it. 
And I'm making notes, basically, as I'm listening to the first little session and saying, okay, well, what do we, do I need to move any microphones? Do I need to coach, you know, this person to start or stop saying, you know, a thing or, or to carry themselves a little bit differently? The reality is, and this is sort of just what I've noticed over the course of time, there are three things that are very, very common to folks who are just getting into recording and who are just getting ready to do this whole podcasting thing or this whole audiobook thing. The first thing is microphone etiquette. And I can, I can kind of actually kind of show you folks right here. So if you put your thumb and your pinky finger full extension, you should be exactly that far away from your microphone when speaking. Now that's give or take. You'd be surprised at how much that one little trick helps a lot of people because it gets them back as opposed to like crunched in, leaning forward and talking like this from the microphone. It's not great for vocal quality. The other thing that I notice is very, very common is yeah. folks get nervous. And I understand once that red light goes on, it's, it's like you're in a different world. It's a different game entirely. So we do a couple of things there. One, I hide the red light. <laughs> like I cover it. Beautiful. But the other piece is, is to remind folks, and, 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 this, and this works for any of you out there in radio land today, you are recording to a malleable digital file, not a tape. There's nothing you can say that we can't remove. There is no right. mistake that you can make that we can't edit. There is literally no way you can fail. I won't let you. <laughs> okay, that's but, interesting. But 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 when most people realize, like, oh, none, of, it doesn't matter. I can just edit it. It's not a big deal. Then they relax a lot. And the other thing, and this is funny, I brought I, I brought this over to podcasting from camera work. Incidentally, the other thing that I notice is that as people are talking and they're getting more excited, you'll notice their shoulders slowly start to creep up. And until they're so excited or they're so nervous, they have no neck left. And because their shoulders are up so high towards their ears. And oftentimes it's a, just a general reminder, like, hey, take a deep breath. Take two or three. We're not in a rush for time. Right. Relax. Let's start again. Get those shoulders down. And with those three things, you can be from you can go from zero to broadcast hero in less than a week. <laughs> wow. Wow, Colin. I guess the red light is like, it makes people uncomfortable. I'm just thinking for me, maybe because you feel like the world is watching you. Yeah. And so when you, when, when you hide it and people don't see it, then they get more comfortable, right? You know, yeah. A lot of people get, including me. So I don't, I, I haven't read of anybody that doesn't really get that anxiety from speaking to the public. So I, I know I, that much that it's a really common thing to feel. So mm -hmm. if you, if your job is to make someone feel more comfortable, then that's a great thing. You, I was reading a book and the author was saying, two people can say the same story. Mm -hmm. and people can connect with one than another. One can, you know, engage with 
millions of people and the other person may not engage with one person just because of the way they say the stories. Different, same story, different narrators. So I totally get what you're saying. So I guess my next question to you, Colin, would be, are there free tools in this space at all? You know, small business owners, I'm always looking for freebies. <laughs> If I can get them, because I'm trying to keep my costs low and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk really, really quickly just about the voice media side of things, just about um, audio content, really. So if you're doing things like podcasting, if you're doing things like audiobooks, or you're doing dictation of blogs, I think that's so wonderful. So wonderful. I want to see more of that. But if these are the kinds of things that you're engaging in, there are two or three tools that you absolutely must be aware of. The first one is called Adobe Podcast. Adobe Podcast is currently in its beta form. It is free to use, but there is a premium service as well that allows you a little bit more functionality, a little bit more space. The idea behind Adobe Podcast is it has, for lack of a better term, it's an AI tool although loosely AI. So I don't want people to get scared about that. Yeah. It's, it's a logarithmic tool. It's highly sophisticated. And what it does is you can send it a piece of recording through the web online and for completely zero cost to you, it will clean up that recording to almost as good as what you could do in a studio. Oh. I have used Adobe podcast. The function specific to the, to the tool is called enhanced speech. I've used this, oh my gosh, so much. If I've got a rough recording, something that didn't get captured well, Adobe Podcast has saved me. But if you're somebody who's just starting in the space, you know nothing about audio editing, you know nothing about audio processing, you don't need to. You can use this tool and it will do a great job for you. I cannot promote it enough. I love it. So uh, how do you spell that, Colin? Adobe, A as in Apple, D as in Delta, O as in Oscar, B as in Bravo, E as in Echo. Excellent. Wow. I didn't know that. So. <laughs> Go check it out. It's, okay. it's a wonderful tool. It's a really, really wonderful tool. The other tool that I want to make folks aware of is Riverside. Free to use, essentially a podcast studio. You can invite folks in to do calls. There's a, there's a maximum of guest limit for the free version. And there's a time limit per month of how much you can record with the free version. I think it's two hours, but for most people, that's more than enough. That's all right. they need. Yeah. And it's a free service in which they can capture high quality audio and high quality video through the web. It's it and and this isn't to knock Zoom. I know we're hanging out on Zoom today. I think Zoom is great. It's done wonderful things for us. And if you don't have it, y'all should get it. It's my preference when meeting online to use either Zoom or Riverside. I don't use right. any other. I just don't find any other service has has done what I needed to do. To do, I've yeah. heard of Riverside. In it's fact, good. I've been on a, as I've been as a guest on somebody's podcast. And Riverside was used. So I don't know much about it, but at least I've, I, that's all I know. Yeah. You, you might want to go check it out. It could be something that, that you have some interest in yourself, considering what you're doing. But yeah. it, it functions very, very much the same as Zoom for doing okay. this kind of interaction. So do they have better audio quality? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. And, you know, it's a funny thing because I have I and I have to check myself on this often for I am the, the, the person who sits here with I'm surrounded by six different sets of headphones right now, all with a very specific use and purpose. So when I'm listening back to audio, we're hearing different things. <laughs> we're experiencing different things. Yeah. The reality is Zoom's gotten a lot better. Right. Um, it's gotten a lot better in the last couple of years. Riverside's paid version, yes, does give you access to higher quality audio and video. But if you're not paying for it, in my opinion, there's not really a whole heck of a lot of difference. Right. That's useful to know, actually. I'm a big fan so, of Riverside. I, I like it quite a lot. Interesting. Okay. So... Now, as a small business, that's uh, if I was, you know, if I if I'm considering using voice media, I would be thinking, okay, what are examples of small businesses that have done this effectively? Do you care to share, you know, any kind of stories or experiences you've had with small businesses actually using voice media effectively? I mean, we don't have to share anything confidential, but just these folks out there can, you know, relate with us in stories of um, successes of small businesses that have used voice media effectively. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a couple that come to mind. The first one is a bit of a local success story, and this is not my business, but I want to give a huge, huge shout out and huge congratulations to both Reese Waters and Jonathan Burns over at Podstarter, they, what they were able to do in coming into this market and supporting small businesses who have no idea, no start point with this kind of audio content and absolutely no idea of where they even want to take it. John and Reese came up with, I don't even want to say a system, but a way, an approach of dealing with these, these clients and dealing with these businesses. And they, they have to date, I think created like five top 10 podcasts out of this region with constituents from Halifax businesses from Halifax, Nova Scotia as a whole. And they, it, they're in the business a little bit different than me. They're in the business of creating monetized podcasts when appropriate, but they are they are doing such wonderful work with this medium and I have to, have to, have to shout, shout out to them just because of what they've been able to do in, for businesses in this space. So folks, if you really have no idea where to start, re reach out to John and Reese, reach out to me. Sure. But th these guys are phenomenal in this space from my own perspective, I shot a uh, series videos a couple of years ago for the craft distillers association of, of Nova Scotia. And this has been something that has been rippling back to me for two years since completing those productions. I have met with people just in conversation, just on the street. And, you know, they've said, oh, we, you know, we saw this video that a barreling tide down in the valley had put together and it was just, and it was so lovely. And it really, really made us want to go meet the owners because I had showcased the owners in the, uh, in the video, Russell and Colleen, lovely human beings. And 
this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning is showing our authentic selves right. and how that connects with people. Cause like I said, I'm standing in a grocery line with some random lady I've never met before in my life. Turns out one of my videos connected with her and connected her with two really awesome people who were doing great work down in the Valley. That's pretty powerful to me. That like, to me, that's the point. Right. I agree. And thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's very, very encouraging. If this show is helpful to you, please do subscribe and share with others. That way we are supported to continue to bring you helpful content. And please, we do like to hear from you. We encourage you to use the voice note channel in the show notes to share your insights, comments or questions. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's all about authenticity, isn't it? It is, How yeah. To connect with people in our true self, mm -hmm. connecting with people. And it's so encouraging to actually listen to you speak about those success stories that this is working and this is something that should be paid attention to. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I always like to think about also, okay, we've talked about, I like when you say there's no barrier to entry in podcasting. So are there ethical considerations in this space that someone should be, you know, looking out for? Yeah, it's a great question. Ultimately, that's going to depend on your industry. You're going to have different restrictions on public information sharing and things like that. If you're a doctor versus if you are somebody like me and you're in, in videography. That being said, I kind of fly my ship by three solid rules when it comes to ethic. One, don't, don't say anything that your mother wouldn't want to hear you say. Unless you, unless you're on one of those podcasts that's driving controversy. The reality is, is we don't want to hear you be mean, nasty, rude, or punching down on other people. There's a time and a place for that. There's a format of podcast for that. But if you're in the small business world, you might want to consider that this is your image and people are going to connect with this information and get a sense of who you really are. And if you are on that recording and you're being a rude, nasty person, people are going to get that impression of you. So I always caution people, don't say anything that your mother wouldn't want to hear you say. The other piece is be mindful of privacy. I mean, I know we're, we're just speaking about a past client now. We're in the position right now that they are a public business. So we can talk about that pretty, pretty safely, but I might have more questions or I might have more qualms or hangups about maybe divulging personal information about either of those two uh, business owners or about myself or anybody in my life. It's very important. That's kind of the point. Point two is to stay on topic as much as you can. And when you stay on topic, you'll, you'll find that for the most part, you're not finding yourself in, in the hot water of some of those maybe more controversial conversations. Maybe there's controversy in your industry. Maybe there's controversy in your ecosphere. Great to talk about that stuff, but remember to keep it respectful. And, uh, you know, it's important that we sort of, that we keep an open mind, especially when we're doing something like what we're doing this morning and you have a guest. So that's right. the third thing. Always respect your guest. And I've had guests in, in the past when in previous podcasts that I've run 
ask like, hey, can you can you not include that piece? I'm not super comfortable with what I said there. I'm not sure if that's accurate. You know, I'd have to go check that information. And the reality is it is a very easy thing for us to say, no problem. We can remove that one minute or 30 seconds or however long. Don't nice. put your clients into a position where they're going to come back at you after you've released your episode and say, can you change that? Basically. <laughs> right. Represent that's them well. Very, yeah, that's very good to know. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's all about being respectful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I what I hear over and over again. Be respectful and be kind. Be kind. Yeah. Even if you don't agree, be kind. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like put yourself in the other person's position and not just go be selfish about what you want to put out there. Are they comfortable with what you're putting out there? Yeah. And I like the way you said, don't say anything your mother wouldn't be proud of, right? <laughs> yeah. That's very good. Honestly, that's very good. Um, this is uh, very good stuff, Colin. <laughs> so let's, you know, I know when you mentioned Hey Hi There and you were, I, I sensed some kind of like you were, being careful because some people are like, oh, AI. But I think it's the reality. And I use Podbean to host my podcast. And, oh, cool. Um, yeah, I use them. I mean, they had paid, but you know, I told you I like I like keeping costs low. So they had the free version and I started with that. And anyway, they in recently introduced AI and very beautiful because when you load your podcast, then the AI can actually generate your show notes for you. Yep. And the beautiful thing is I have tried using it and it's been very efficient because you don't have to use it verbatim. You just copy that and you could go through it. You could edit it. You could make it more of yourself. So what I, and that's what I tell folks like AI, I believe so much in AI in terms of being, letting me be more efficient in what I do. I don't have to use everything AI tells me, like in the show notes, I'm just saying, I could just, instead of sitting down, cracking, how do I put this show notes together? <laughs> They've put it for me, like beautifully, and then I can edit it. And, and, you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, anyway, so I wanted to, you know, know your thoughts about that in terms of, you know, a business owner listening to us right now. I'll, even if they are a bit um, skeptical of AI, what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you and I are having this conversation. I really, really am. I, I have some very passionate thoughts and feelings around AI, and this is a really, it's a good time to have the conversation. Here's the short of it. AI is such a powerful, powerful technology. And it's going to become and has become, is becoming a very, very powerful tool for business. Listen, Ola, I'm not going to lie. Anybody who's been watching the news knows that Sports Illustrated just left, left ugh, laid off 10,000, I think, of their writer, the, basically their entire writing staff to be replaced with AI. We're seeing these bubblings happening within Hollywood studios. We're seeing this happening in a big way in the tech sector right now with, with jobs being displaced or replaced by AI. Ugh, guys, folks, friends, loved ones, humans, fellow human beings, fellow denizens of this planet, this is happening at the largest 
levels of business, like multi-billion dollar, hundred billion dollar a year companies. And it will happen at those levels. You will see people lose their jobs. But what you're going to see as a result of that is a larger uptick of population and of, of experts within the gig economy. You're going to see more small businesses open. Some of these folks will go and they will work for another company doing what they had done before. Yes. But the estimates on that right now are actually pretty low. So we've got this problem or this, this looming beast of job displacement or job replacement with AI. And, and, and I want to tell you folks this right now, and I truly honestly believe this. If you're in small business, this tool is a boon. It is one of the most useful things that you can train yourself and your staff to use. Because what we're seeing, and we've spent a lot of time looking at report after report after report. In watching the small business CB or sorry, SBCE report, right. 25% of businesses that are using this AI technology are reinvesting directly back into their businesses, back into their staff and back into themselves. So like, and, and that means things like wage increases or salary maintaining while workload decreases. Tell me. When was the last time in the last 40 years you've heard anything like that happening in business? That, hey, we've got this new tool, you can do a better job with it, but now we're going to give you less to do as a result of that. Now it's just going to simply make you more efficient, and your reward for that is having more time on your hands, not more work. In the last 50, 40 years, I've never heard anything like that happening, but 25% of these businesses in North America are doing exactly that with these tools. So I, I guess that's my point with it. Folks, let's be part of that 25%. Let's get that 25% up to 60%. So all of us here in the small business space are using these tools. We're interacting with these tools. We're understanding these tools, but we're responsible with them. We use them in an ethical way. And we use them in a way that truly enhances our businesses and our bottom lines, not replaces our people, not destroys everything that we have built when it comes to the authenticity of our brand voice, because that's what AI is never going to get right for you. You are still going to have to be there behind that little robot telling it what to say and what to do to sound just like you. So the human element hasn't been removed. What we need to do as Nova Scotians is look at this as an opportunity to upskill, upskill ourselves, upskill our workforces, upskill our, our small business ecosphere and create a much, much, much stronger and harder to dislodge middle class in Nova Scotia. Because the more we use these tools, the greater value we can bring to our businesses, the higher salary increases that we can pass on to our employees and to ourselves and to our shareholders and, and, and certainly. But if we lead this with a people first approach, my friends, we cannot lose. I'm going to leave it there because I can talk about this all freaking day. Honestly, and it's, it's very comforting when I hear the message reinforced that it is not going to replace, replace people. 
AI is not going to replace people because that's the one of the most complaints I hear people say to me when I talk about AI. Even my staff in my business, they're thinking, oh, AI is going to replace people. So I have to keep on, you know, mm. teaching them to say, no, it's not going to replace people. It's going to make, I had a guest on my show one time and I like the way he put it. He said, before on your job, if you were zero with mm -hmm. hey high, you, you'll still be zero because zero times whatever number is still zero. It's still zero. Yep. But if you were, say, three with hey high, then hey high can multiply that for you yep. and you could be better. Yep. Because three times whatever will always be more. Three times two will always be six, right? Right. So, and, so that's the same way. And that's what you, part of what you said right there, that AI is not going to replace people. It's going to make us more efficient and we should embrace it. And it can only be better for we small business folks, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd absolutely. like... You know, I, and I think it's really important to note, like, I mean, if, if we could but see, I'd love to see a show of hands from people in fields like, like accounting or physicists or mathematicians, show it, see a show of hands from those folks who utilize their calculator every day, you know, their graphing calculator or whatever for whatever function and how much of a boon that was for those folks in that industry. Now, the reality here is, we, we, as the users, do need to be careful. You know, we need to define for ourselves and for our governments, what, what does this look like? How do we move forward with this thing sustainably? How do we move forward with this thing ethically, responsibly? And we don't have all of those answers yet. And that's part of the issue. And I think that's what makes a lot of people kind of scared is that we don't have policy in place for this yet. And I get it. Everything in this world could change tomorrow, folks. It all could change tomorrow. But the reality is, this is here to stay. Let's learn to work with it, and we won't be swept away by it. Now, that being said, you know, it, and I do, I sincerely feel anybody who is in graphic arts, anybody who's in copywriting and things like that, my friends, I do hear you. I hear you loud and clear, and your fear is not unfounded. It is real. It, it comes from a real place and you should feel validated by that. But I do want to let you know, I still work with copywriters. I still hire them despite chat GPT, right? I still work with graphic designers despite things like Sora or mid journey or anything like that. The reality is where I'm at in my business, I still need these people around me and I still need human beings making those decisions. AI does a really, really great job of a lot of things, but what it doesn't do a great job is hitting you in the heart. And that's what I'm in the business of, right? And so I still use my graphic designers. I still use my copywriters and I hope that they use these tools to make their lives easier. But the reality is, is that y'all aren't going anywhere. Like, like in my industry, I still have need of you all. And there are other industries that have need of you as well. But as a small business, you're bootstrapping. It's your first day boots on the ground. I've got an idea and a whole bunch of motivation and that's it. Learn these tools, use them, embrace them because they will get you to the level that I am at in still utilizing graphic designers and copywriters and all these people much faster. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with having some help along the way.
Absolutely. So my space is retail industry. Yeah. I usually like to, because I have audience in the retail industry as well. So voice media, how can somebody like me in the retail industry play competitively using voice media, if I could put it that way? Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, seething up a storm. <laughs> right. Okay, let me just re restate the question to make sure that I understand. So how can yourself or somebody within the retail space start leveraging voice and voice media to help your bottom line? Do, did I understand that correctly? Perfectly. Like, how can awesome. we compete better with how voice media? How can you compete better? There's yeah. a bunch of different ways. I think the main way or one of the main ways is what you're doing right now. Connecting with other businesses, having these conversations, sharing insights, sharing experiences. I don't think there's anything more powerful than, than shared experience. And I think that within the retail space, it's something that at every level, from the small mom and pop shop to the huge department store, there's the psychology of retail that plays a big part of, you know, how you sell, what you sell, where you sell it from your store. You know, there are all of these, these elements, but let me put it to you this way. Somebody who is walking into your retail shop, who's listened to your podcast, or perhaps they've seen a video that you put together. Maybe it was like a little Facebook commercial or something, something of that ilk. Either way, they have some familiarity with you when they're walking in the door, right? And I'm just going to use a fashion apparel store as an example, because something similar has happened to me at a fashion apparel store where I've witnessed it. And when, when somebody comes in and they're like, oh, hey, I already know you, or at least I feel like I already know you, they're a lot more relaxed. They're a lot more relaxed in your store. They're a lot more open to like, if you have a suggestion, like say they're browsing jackets and you're like, oh, you know, take a look over here. We're just getting the new fall line in. Take a look at what we have. They're going to be so much more, not just ready to buy, but so much more comfortable in your space. And I think that that's one of the things that the folks in retail really try and cultivate is that feeling of comfort, that feeling of calmness or of invitation in their store. There's no better way to feel invited in than to feel like I already have a, a relationship with you. Feel like I already know you and that when you speak to me, I recognize your, your voice or when I see you, I recognize your face. Nothing is going to make me more comfortable. You could have all the soft, warm lighting and, and warm mahogany all over the place. And that's going to look nice, but it's not going to feel as good as me sitting with a trusted friend you know, in, in a space. And that is essentially what voice media is meant to do. Its sole goal is to make you a trusted friend or a trusted supplier for whatever it is. And if we do our jobs properly, that person walks in the store already feeling comfortable with you. You can't put a price tag on that. It's not just that they're going to buy. Chances are that they, they will be more likely to, but they might only buy a thing. But they're going to tell everybody like, oh, man, we were at all this store. She's got so much cool stuff. Like we just like, look, we, we picked up. We picked up this cool little thing. And those are the conversations you can't buy, right? There's no amount of marketing, paid marketing that can create that for you. Not in my opinion anyway. 
it feels so much more authentic and genuine walking into the store and saying, hey, I know you. You're going to sell me something today. I'm going to buy something from you. But I know who you are. You know, I have an investment in you as a person above and beyond you as a business. That has happened to me on a level of occasion. So I yeah. totally resonate with that. That I, I feel so much connected with what I have previously heard or seen on a website of a small business. And I just want to, I just want to tell everybody about it. Right. So, yeah, so I'm like, yeah. And they didn't pay me for that advertisement, but I just, I just genuinely want to because I felt connected to, to mm. that. So, yeah, absolutely. So those are practical steps, and um, I do hope folks uh, find all those useful. I, I like to say I have this tradition on this show. I, I usually like to ask my guest, like, what would you like to learn? Because I'm all about. My podcast is all about learning. I, I so much believe in continuous connecting, continuous learning. That's we we always improve when we do that. So if I can ask you, Colin, what would you like to learn as a founder yourself? As a founder? Oh, huh. that's a long list. <laughs> um, well, no. In, so, so in terms of priority, what comes, you know, if, you, if you're given the chance today, like, oh, Colin, I can get you this results. What would that be? If you could get me results, what would yes, be the results uh, that I want? Yeah. Wow. Geez. That's a good question. I think I'm at a point right now in my business where I'm learning more and more how to work on it as opposed to working in it. And so that's a lot. Speaking of learning, that's really where a lot of my focus has been in the last number of months. I've been doing a lot of leadership training. I've been doing a lot more learning about like the operational tasks that I'm not really very good at and that I know I'm going to need to bring somebody in for, but I've always just kind of like swept under the rug just because it didn't matter or, or at least I told myself it didn't matter. So yeah, I think I would like to learn more about how to be an effective leader. Beautiful. So any last words for our audience that they could take away with them? Sure. Don't be scared. Media, content, this whole game, this whole racket is a lot easier than it seems. And so I'll leave you with this. In, in the digital content world, whether you're doing audio, video, blog, whatever, whatever efforts you're undertaking to support your business online, done is a lot better than perfect. Just do it, put it out, put it up and learn, learn after each and every one that you do, how to make it better and how to drive closer and closer to that vision. But done is better than perfect. Thanks for listening. Hopefully that added value to you. I do like to say that the show aims to highlight broad business patterns that are considered same as ever. However, I also acknowledge that personal circumstances may differ. So please apply the lessons in line with your context and seek professional guidance as may be applicable to your business. Until next episode, please do share the show so value is added to others as well. And remember, let's continue to learn together 
and be encouraged to keep on connecting. <music>